I had shrimp in my breakfast. Cup. <laughs> there was no shrimp. There was no shrimp. Well, that was that, that was Jude. I'm like <laughs> Jude poisoned you. Is there shrimp in here? And then he thought it was no. coffee. There's no shrimp in my breakfast casserole. Tastes like shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's drinking his coffee. He's like, what the fuck? Does this have booze in it? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Dude. I, think we all I, know. I think we all know who got poisoned today. Like, Do you smell toast? Are you seeing smoke? Are you okay, bro? Are you it's like okay? half my face starting to droop. Do you feel any numbness in your limbs? I'm Jim Rossin right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a thing huh? <laughs> Welcome to the Coffee and Eggs, <laughs> That's terrible. I'm so canceled now. Wow. How dare you make fun of stroke victims? Welcome back to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast, and I'm your host, the Salty Nerd. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing comedic mystery movies, and I am joined, as always, by my mysterious co-hosts, Jude Juju, ambassador of estrogen. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, you were gone for like two weeks. I was. Damn, that was one hell of a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't remember half of it. Judah Palooza. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to the show. I'm also joined by the, I forgot what your nickname was. Oh, uh, author extraordinaire and producer of the show, Matthew Kadish. What's up, man? Hello, Junior. <laughs> Don't call me Junior. I'm, I'm going to call you Junior because you need to refer to me as professional movie maker, no. Matthew Kadish. No, I wow. don't. Uh, of the uh, of the Cannes Film Festival. Author fame. extraordinaire is all you're getting from me because <laughs> um, I do actually like your books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, how far did you get into I Earth got Man to Jack? Chapter 19. Oh, well done. Jack jumped in the spaceship, I think. I don't know. What chapter is that? You're asking the wrong guy. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, I'm also joined by Matthew Vader at Matt Vader 74 on Twitter, the barbarian himself. What's up, man? Um, I'm looking up how to prevent stroke. <laughs> you know, that's not going to make any sense unless I leave that into the freaking opening. <laughs> well, <laughs> look up how to cure poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. Shrimp breakfast casserole. Do you try shrimp in the Jude tries to kill me every day. I have That's to stay on my toes. <laughs> you leave Vader it's alone. It's like a silly murder. I swear to God, dude, I got to shoot. Not like a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to kill Vader over here. All right, guys. What kind of a hostess are you? Shit, I thought about uh, putting shrimp in for a minute, too. I'm allergic to shellfish. <laughs> He's going to puff up. <laughs> she put shrimp in your coffee. <laughs> All right. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing three murder mystery movies. One comedic is... Comedic mystery. Comedic murder mystery Cozy movies. Mystery. Cozy mystery. Murder mystery, which is the Netflix movie with Adam Sandler. Murder by Death, which stars an incredible cast that most Amazing people... Amazing cast. Like, holy cow, Lady Grantham, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the old grandpa from Princess Bride. Freaking everybody's in that movie. Cochran from Star Trek. He's all in there. And also, Murder by Death. Well, you just did murder by. Death. Oh, did I? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what was the last one? Clue. Clue. Sorry, Clue, starring uh, another Tim, great cast, another fantastic cast, and a classic. I know that a lot of our uh, patrons or super fans were very excited that we were doing this movie. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun podcast, guys. 
Uh, so which one would you like to get started with since it's your week that you picked? Yes. So my birthday is coming up. And so I got to pick the movies this week. And, along, and that's all you get. Yeah, that's all I get. <laughs> so like, uh, I really love the Agatha Christie-esque comedic murder mystery spoof genre. And uh, there aren't a whole lot of movies in that genre, unfortunately. But uh, I picked three of the best. I'm glad you didn't pick Knives Out. Just saying. Yeah, uh, Knives Out is definitely in that category. Even though I wouldn't even I wouldn't really consider that a comedy, but uh, it's definitely in the kind of cozy mystery genre. Uh, so uh, I would like to go in chronological order, starting with Murder by Death, then Clue, and then Murder Mystery. Okay. And uh, Jude, why don't you explain to the audience what cozy mysteries are? Cozy mysteries are a sub-genre of crime fiction in which sex and violence occur offstage or off-screen. The detective is an amateur sleuth, and a crime and the crime and detection pl- take place in a small, socially intimate community. They do not employ any but the mildest profanity. Murders take place offstage and frequently involve bloodless methods such as poisoning or falls from great heights. The wounds inflicted are seldom dwelt on or used as clues. Sexual activity, even between married characters, is only ever gently implied and never directly addressed. They are meant to be a contrast to hard-boiled fiction, which uses violence and sex far more prominently. All right. So let's talk about Murder by Death. Murder by Death was made in what year, Kadish? 1960-something. 1976. Really? That late? Yeah. Two years before I was born. Okay, so this one is uh, this is the one that I was talking about. has like the fantastic yes. cast. It's got Obi-Wan yes. Kenobi, uh, Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec Obi-Wan Guinness, Kenobi. David Niven, Peter Sellers, Maggie Smith. Maggie from, Smith. From, um, Downton Abbey and Harry Lady, Potter. It's yes. Lady Grantham yes. for people who don't know her actual name. Okay, this is also... James little, Cromwell in his first ever feature film. Um, Eileen Brennan who is also in Clue. So yes. we're, we got a double dose of Eileen Brennan. Double dipping. And of course, the ever amazing Peter Falk, who played my favorite character in this movie. Um, one of the rare film appearances of Truman Capote basically is the guy who popularized crime, uh, true crime fiction. Uh, he's a very famous novelist, but he wanted to be an actor, and so he got like a little role in this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, the cast in this movie is just second to none. It's amazing. People are not going to like me for this, but that's pretty much the only thing I liked about this movie was the cast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the movie was pretty frustrating. Well, why don't we let Jude and set a little the stage dull. for us but, before yeah. we get right. into it? The synopsis <clears throat> is uh, five famous detectives and their sidekicks are invited to a bizarre mansion to solve an even stranger mystery by an enigmatic foe. So this was directed by Robert Moore. It was written by Neil Simon. We've already talked about who is in it. Uh, released June 23rd, uh, 1976. What do you think it grossed? Oh, I have no idea. In 1976 dollars? Mm-hmm. Uh, $45 million. Oh, close. Hmm. Vader, you still looking up strokes? No. <laughs> <laughs> looking up uh, shrimp poisoning. <laughs> um, you said he was close, so $43 okay. million. $32.5 million. Oh, he was yeah. close. Dang it. Which, which equates to about $150 million in today's dollars. Yeah. Okay, cool. And how much uh, does it There's have the no, production it, value? Yeah. We, or how we, much it costs? We couldn't find the budget for it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird, like, as much as I research into this movie, like, no one has the budget for, it's <laughs> for a it. Mystery. Well, I think. Yeah, I think what happened was um, so, like, there were a lot of independent investors in, in this film because it was coming out of, out of like a. 
Neil Simon's like Broadway productions type thing. Like he was primarily a, a playwright. And so like, because it was independently financed for the most part, there's no like records on like how much it, it cost to, mm. to make. But I'm guessing that it was in the like 7 million range. That's it? Well, in 1976 money. Yeah. <clears throat> like we talked about, it's got a pretty heavy cast. Well, actors didn't get paid a whole lot of money back then. I guess so. Yeah, I suppose no, that's was, right. It looked like it was filmed on a stage. Well, all three of these movies felt very stage-like. Like they were supposed to be presented on the is stage. It, is this a Broadway show or something? Uh, no, it wasn't a Broadway show. It was actually it was written specifically for the screen. But um, the the writer of it, uh, Neil Simon, uh, he was a, a very prominent um, like stage play. Like okay, let let, let me kind of give you guys a breakdown of, of who he is. So he was a playwright and screenwriter who has received more Oscar and Tony Award nominations than any other writer in history. Uh, so the guy's like, he was kind of like a legend in his own time. In fact, he was one of the few living playwrights that had a New York city theater named after him while he was still alive. Um, he won a Pulitzer prize for his play lost in Yonkers. Uh, he's best known for creating the odd couple. That was like his creation. And, uh, he also, um, made the, um, plays and movies, uh, lost in Yonkers, Bloxy blues and the goodbye girl. So he was like a very well-known, well-respected, brilliant playwright. And uh, his he associated with director Robert Moore on a couple of of collaborations. Um, Robert Moore was primarily a Broadway director, um, but he did I think like three or four movies before he passed away. Uh, he died of AIDS in 1984. Um, but um, basically, um, this was like Neil Simon's um, kind of send up of like murder mysteries. Like he basically took all the tropes from. Uh, very famous uh, mystery writers, particularly, um, um, I'm blanking on her name, Agatha Christie and uh, Dashiell Hammett and uh, the guy who created uh, Charlie Chan and uh, kind of took took their their tropes and kind of made fun of them in this movie. Yeah. And uh, this is one oh, of those. So you don't want the most honorable. <laughs> oh, can we talk about that for a minute? Yes. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to get into that. <laughs> Oh, this movie would not ever be made today. <laughs> well, it reminds me of... People um, get easy offended. Yeah. It reminds me, like, casting a white dude and then trying to make him look Asian in post <laughs> is, like, in the makeup department is kind of weird. But that happened also in, was it Breakfast with Breakfast at Tiffany's mm -hmm. with uh, Audrey Hepburn? They did the same thing with, uh, was it Andy Rooney? And ironically enough, Breakfast at Tiffany's was written by Truman Capote. So he had a thing with casting as... Uh, well, I guess it wasn't his casting, but... Well, I don't know if it was a thing, but... Well, they had the Asian kid yeah. as his adopted son, <clears throat> so I don't know why they wouldn't be able to cast an Asian actor. Well, because it was main. Peter Sellers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh -huh. you, you do know who Peter Sellers is, don't I you? I do not, know. <sighs> Sorry. Oh, God. Well, now we got to do another... <laughs> so so have, have you ever heard of Dr. Strangelove? Yes. Have you ever heard of the Pink Panther? Yes. Have you ever heard of, um, I'm not going to go through. Pink Panther Strikes Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go through Peter Pink Sellers Panther filmography. The original Pink Panther, right? Yeah. The one that's. So P Peter Sellers was like the Jim Carrey of his day. He was like the, the top comedian okay. of, of like the, the 60s and 70s. Um, okay. He was considered to be like the most brilliant comedic talent of his time. And um, he basically came in, and it was kind of funny because they offered Orson Welles the the role of, of Detective Wang uh, first, but he he turned it down because he had scheduling conflicts. So Peter Sellers comes in, and he basically plays the most racist 
like Asian stereotype you can it's, imagine. It's really I, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really good. good. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Like he's got like the broken English and he's got yeah. like the, the, you know, like he had makeup over his eyes to make him look like Asian. And he dresses in these like very like extravagant oriental outfits. Robes. Yeah. 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 It, it, so many people this this movie would be so canceled now yeah you know, oh yeah but anything it's, it's so dumb but almost the, anything from back then would be but the funny thing is, is that like so it was based so his character is inspector sydney wang and it's based off of the elder biggers chinese police detective charlie chan who's a famous you know character in, mm-hmm. in detective fiction so like you know other than casting an asian actor who no one at in 1976 like would have known about they cast a brilliant comedian. I, I want to say it's a lot like Robert Downey Jr. playing a black guy in uh, Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Yeah, like it, it was meant to be um, like a parody of an Asian person, okay. even though it was insultingly racist. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Well, like, I mean, I don't know. Racism is, this is the thing with saying something is racist, is like you have to assume that that, that race is beneath another race, which they often like praised him for how intelligent he was in this movie. So it wasn't necessarily saying that an Asian character was like a bad thing. It was uh, just other than Peter Falk, like this character was the best in in the, in the movie. I thought. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He was the most, yeah, he was the most memorable. You're so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did pretty well. It's like his number three adopted son. (laughs) If you look at it from the perspective of like Tropic Thunder with Robert Downey Jr. Then yeah, it's fine. It, uh, It didn't, yeah. do anything raw but then like the Andy Rooney or what's his name is that Andy Rooney from Breakfast at Tiffany's yes, yes. Yeah. Andy Rooney character from that that was like straight up horrible because it was seen in a negative light in the movie he wasn't yeah. a positive character whereas in this movie the character is actually a positive influence on the film I, I don't know how po- like he keeps talking about his adopted children like, <laughs> Willy he, Wang <laughs> he, he, no, he number three and, and he keeps referring to him as his Japanese adopted son yeah. <laughs> He's like, that was pretty rough. He he adopted son from Japan. The thing I love about this movie is like, so in your typical kind of closed door mystery, you know, movie, you have a bunch of suspects, but in this movie, all the like characters are like brilliant detectives. Yeah. And it's kind of, and basically they're all based off of like famous literary detectives. So you have inspector Sidney Wang played by Peter Sellers, who, as we said, is, is basically Charlie Chan. And this was one of those things where, like, that they are the characters that they're meant to be spoofing, um, but they couldn't call them by name because of, like, legal, you know, copyright stuff. Yeah. Um, so you had uh, Dick and Dora Charleston, who's played by David Niven from the Guns of Navarone and, and the Pink Panther movies, and uh, Maggie Smith, who, of course, you know, she's the dowager from... Um, 
what's that? Downton Abbey. Down, Downton Abbey and, and Harry Potter. <clears throat> and they were modeled off of Dashiell Hammett's characters, Nick and Nora Charles, who are like the main characters in, in the Thin Man series. Uh, you have uh, one of the, the best send-ups of Hercule Perrault I've ever seen, which was, uh, uh, you know, uh, Perrier, <laughs> named after the water, uh, played by James Coco. And uh, um, you have uh, Jessica Marbles, who's, who parodies um, Agatha Christie's Miss Marple character. And my favorite, Sam Diamond, played by Peter Falk, who mm. is basically a send-up of Sam Spade. Uh, the hard-boiled detective. And uh, I just love Falk's performance in, in this film. Like, oh, he's like, perfect. Like, he just nails every, like, every kind of... That, the like, misogyny like, was on point yeah. with him. <laughs> like, he's racist, he's misogynist, but 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 it's never mean-spirited. And, and, and like, he's also incredibly homophobic, even though it's, <laughs> yeah. it's heavily implied that he's gay. Um, I thought that was a setup. Like, that was like a... You don't know in this movie. That's, okay, what's, see, that's what's brilliant about it. I'm going to ask Vader, what did you think about this movie? Uh, I want my 90 minutes back. Yeah? It was that bad? Okay, good. I'm, at least I'm not alone. I, I Like, the only thing... I was fascinated by the actors that were in this movie. That no, was a good cast. It was a good cast. They were all very young versions of characters Characters that I've, or or the actors that I've seen in in my growing up, like if, Princess if Bride, Obi Wan Kenobi, like all these characters I've seen them in movies before, especially from Downton Abbey. Like I was like, holy cow, that's her! But she's like thirty. Like that was yeah. crazy to me. But the movie itself, I was like, holy shit, man, this movie is boring. And then uh, there was no payoff. <laughs> like in my opinion, the payoff at the end, which I'm assuming is just kind of like a parody of what happens in mystery novels, bad mm-hmm. mystery novels. The entire movie is a parody, not not just of bad mystery novels, but just of mystery novels in general. Okay, because I was like, the ending makes no sense, which I guess is on purpose, I suppose, so I can't really fault it for that. But like, there is no real bad guy. I felt like I was watching a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. Anyway, Jude, what did you think about this movie? I don't ever need to watch it again. Mm. <laughs> uh, That's going to get upset. Is, we we yeah, hate your stupid yeah, movies. Yeah, we, 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 we talked about it last night, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be nice. You didn't save it for the pod? I saved most of it for the pod. Okay. If you'll let me finish. Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, we, we just talked about the fact that, like, I know that Kadish loves cozy mysteries, and yeah. this is just, like, this is his... Thing. And uh, and I don't fault you for that, babe, because I I know that uh, you've seen the shit that I like, and it's not great either. You just you like what you like, and we also don't have to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him for liking this. It's totally fine. I just I'm, I have to ask you a question though, because you, as like the perfectionist writer that you are, and you always fault movies for not having like their setup and payoff ready to go, and and all mapped out beforehand and foreshadowing this, when this movie just kind of like crumples all of that up and then throws it in the trash can as like a parody, like, ha ha, this is stupid. Like, doesn't that irk you a little bit? Or is it the whole point of the movie is just to make fun of those tropes? Yeah, I mean, this movie from a writing perspective is brilliant. Like, it it truly is. Um, Like, if you look at... um, the, the meta view of this film. And, and if you understand like the mystery tropes that it, and the like detective tropes that it's making fun of and parroting, um, this movie just, it, it, it operates on a whole different level. But in addition to that, it, it like the acting, the characters and the dialogue, especially in this movie. Oh, the dialogue's witty. All three of these movies has really witty dialogue. Yeah. But I, I mean, like if you, if you think about like a blind Butler, you know, yeah. um, I like that when they get to the mansion, um, the, uh, the, the bad guy basically has like, uh, like rain machines installed outside every window. So it looks like it's like raining and like thunder and lightning. 
like they, they, they keep looking outside the door and it's like completely like yeah. dry and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh, you know, uh, uh he, he, he likes, uh, he likes moody atmospheres, you know? <laughs> um, but like you also have like little things like, you know, spying through like the paintings on the wall mm-hmm. and, uh, a cow is talking. It's not a cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a moose, you dolt. Um, but like, also like like things like, for instance, um, like when Benson Mum, uh, who's Sir Alec Guinness's character, Benson Mum, sir, the blind not butler. just Benson Mum. It was like the dialogue is really witty. It is true. Yeah, as as he's showing um, Dick and Dora Charleston to their room, he he's like, uh, this is this is the room that my benefactor's wife was murdered in. And they're like, murdered? And he, he's like, yeah, she murdered herself in her sleep. <laughs> and it's like, murdered herself? Do you mean committed suicide? It's like, oh, no, she hated herself. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, she choked yeah. herself or yeah, something she, like she, that. She choked herself in her sleep. And then they went. Well, they walked in, and the, for in, for context for the people who are listening and haven't seen the movie yet, but they walk into this room, and it's it looks like it's just covered in cobwebs and dust. But it's later found out that he, like, touches the dust, and it's flour. And then he touches the cobwebs, and it's cotton candy. But then they never mention that ever again, <laughs> and it's not ever brought up. It's just like a, a weird well, little th- like the whole point is that li- so everything in the house is fake. So right? the villain of the story, Lionel Twain, uh, played by uh, Truman Capote, he basically manufactures everything in the movie to challenge these brilliant detectives to try to either throw them off track or stump them or something along that line. And this entire movie, it's kind of like like you're introduced. So the first third of the movie like we're just meeting all the different characters as they're coming to the mansion and then like the second half of the movie they're kind of introduced to um the challenge which is you know um, somebody at the dinner party is going to be murdered and somebody at the dinner party did the murdering and uh basically uh the first person to um kind of figure out who the murderer actually is gets like a million dollars and the rights to the book and movie um story and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, so there, there's this like rivalry going on where all the detectives are trying to out detective each other. Um, but it's also a send up of all like the most ridiculous um, like mystery tropes you can think of, like introducing characters and situations in the last minute that the audience has no idea about. See, that's what irritated me. I didn't, well, well, it was supposed to irritate you. It does, yeah, it's probably why I didn't <laughs> like this movie. I was you, like, oh you, you know, like the, the point was that we, we come to find out that every single detective in the movie has some type of connection to the murder victim that we were not aware of beforehand. And there's no way these characters could ever possibly know about these connections, but they no. just pull them out of thin air. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because they're all ridiculous. And then like every single one of them uh, is almost killed uh, in some like overly elaborate fashion. And then they have like the final reveal where each one of them comes in uh, and kind of lays out, you know, their theory of who the actual killer is. And it turns yeah. out they're all wrong, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, Lionel Twain shows back up at the end and, and he basically um, excoriates them for the fact that they have like they cheat basically like, you know, they, they frustrate the audience by doing all these kind of underhanded things that w- were meant to just trick them. And, you know, the entire movie stuff happens that just doesn't make any sense, but it's brilliant because like, yeah, that's pretty much how a murder mystery goes in, in a lot of these novels. So, but the the humor from the characters themselves is just like, I don't know, like I, fi- I find it so humorous because like Peter Falk, for instance, uh, he plays the character Sam Diamond, who's like this hardcore detective. He's the only, he like carries around a revolver the entire movie. And, uh, you know, he shows up in this like 
very dapper white suit and he's got like a bullet hole in the back and <laughs> you should have seen the other guy yeah <laughs> yeah like, like he just has the, these little comments like uh when uh when the body is revealed when the mur- murder victim kind of appears in the uh in the dining room he's like all right nobody move and they're like what and he's like i gotta go to the can again i don't want to miss nothing <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's just like constant stuff like that where like they, they find a uh, alec guinness supposedly dead and he's like completely naked yeah. <laughs> and and he turns to david niven and he, he's like check him for bullet holes no, no david niven's like why, why do i have to check him he's like okay tell you what i'll make you a deal you check the first dead body for bullet holes i'll check the second <laughs> and of course there, there's no second dead body yeah um so but i have a question i want to ask all three of you concerning this movie okay and that is did anyone actually die in this film i don't think so uh i don't think so either the two deaths were the blind butler, Al Guinness, and the beneficiary, uh, Twain, were the two people who supposedly had died, but both of them showed up at the end of the movie alive, unless Al Guinness was actually just a mask for Twain, which means Al Guinness's character actually never did come back. So the blind butler died? He actually died? Did he? I'm, I, I ha- that's the only thing I can assume, because once he got quote-unquote killed in the movie... We never see the blind butler again. It's always just a facade from Twain. We see him at the end. But he was, was a, that was a mask. That wasn't actually him. And he wasn't blind anymore. Oh, and then the Twain ended up being, oh, he took off the mask and it was the freaking deaf and was the mute cook. cook. Yetta. So I guess Twain and the blind butler both died because uh, they didn't come back. I'm going to say nobody died. What makes you think that? The only person that died was the guy on the wall in the death mask. <laughs> the one that moaned. Oh, that's uh, dinner time. Yeah. We, 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 do not we don't have a bell. We don't have a gong. So. <laughs> yeah, the doorbell is a screaming woman and the dinner bell is a moaning mummy. <laughs> I, I like the initial death trap where like basically uh, everyone who shows up at the mansion when they ring the doorbell, uh, they push a gargoyle uh, off to try to kill them. And uh, they have they have like perfect shoe size like footprints on like the the stand or like on the stairs where like it's kind of like the target for the gargoyle. Yeah. And uh, every detective like almost every detective notices it, and uh, they're like, "Oh, even got shoe size correct." (laughs) (laughs) I also like how like every detective's sidekick is like way more competent than they are. Yeah. So are you going to answer the question or not? Did anybody die? I'm going to say two people died. Vader, the blind butler, and Twain. Vader, what about you? Nobody died. Okay. All right. So it's, it's kind of funny because like if you listen to the movie, they kind of give you an explanation for like how everything in the movie could happen. And uh, when Sam Spay or Sam Diamond is driving to the mansion, he has his, his assistant, uh, basically uh, Eileen Brennan uh, kind of um, list off what they know about Lionel Twain. And, uh, you know, she, she goes through like a list of stuff where like, you know, he was... Uh, um, like he was caught smuggling rich people into Mexico to pick melons and uh, put and and put in a uh, in a psychiatric institution because of that. And um, he he's got a, a daughter named Rita. Later on, uh, it was it was kind of interesting because um, Perrier uh, basically accused the the murder of actually being uh, Lionel's daughter Rita, and she killed like all these people who were introduced in like the last ten minutes of the movie. Um, as like potential suspects um, because like she was an ugly woman and she just, uh, you know, had revenge in her heart. Um, But you think that that's false, but my theory 
is that uh, the deaf mute maid Yetta is, is, actually, is Rita. actually Rita, and her father is still locked away in that psychiatric ward, and so he she took his identity um, to kind of like teach these like snooty detectives a lesson, and that uh, the actual waiter uh, or butler, I should say, uh, um, is um, still alive. She just dismissed him, but she used a plastic dummy uh, for his dead body, which is actually a theory that I believe uh, one of the detectives. Yeah, one of, up one, on. of the de- one of the detectives. It was uh, the de- diamond, wasn't it? Might have been. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, like th- th- this movie is just so absurd. Like I love um, Sam Diamond's like big reveal at the end where he co- he comes in. And he's like, I'm not really Sam Diamond. You know, you're the real Sam Diamond. And he's like, don't I deserve that money? And the guy's just like, no. And then, like, as they're driving away, she's like, so you're the real Sam Diamond? He's like, yeah, I was in disguise and disguise and disguise. <laughs> and it's just like, that's the most ridiculous. <laughs> it's too much, man. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, like it was man. just very over the top. But all the characters in this movie, all their interactions, all their, like, dialogue and stuff, like, I just, there's something about it that I just find really endearing and entertaining. Like, Perrier's... Uh, kind of interactions with his chauffeur who's played by James Cromwell, Efren Cochran himself from Star Trek in his first ever movie. Um, it's almost like an old married couple. You know? he, correct me if I'm wrong, but was he wearing fishnet onesie at one point in time? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was a little disturbed by that. <laughs> Very French. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like they talk about like, you know, like when they're in bed together um, and, uh, and uh, not in a sexual way, not in a sexual way. They're, they're just, <laughs> they're, they're, there's nowhere else for them to sleep. But Perrier is, is, is like, what are you doing in my bed? He's like, there's nowhere else to sleep, monsieur. Uh, he's like, well, get out. And uh, Cromwell's like, if you make me sleep on the floor, I will tell everyone about uh, your toupee. And he's like, they already know. And he's like, well, then why do you wear it? And it's like, I didn't know you knew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like little exchanges like that. Um, you know, like every kind of, detective and their sidekick have this great like thing going on like uh sam diamond and like his his sidekick played by eileen brennan is just in love with him for some reason he just keeps rebuking her and and it come to find out there, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that sam diamond's gay and uh it's like you know he was undercover in a gay bar and he was like just kiss me sam i don't yeah. like kissing <laughs> 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 Especially not dames like you. Please, <laughs> just, just this once, kiss yeah. me. He's got this great line. He's like, I wouldn't do anything to a man I'd never do to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's little things like that. Like, uh, you know, where, where he, he's, like, he's like, I'm going to the can. She's like, she's like, Sam, can I come with you? And he's like, he's like, darling, this I have to do alone. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot of endearing, uh, witty, you know, back and forth dialogue between the characters, and I think that's a positive. Uh, but let's let's go around the table. Final thought, final thoughts. Uh, Vader, you said at the beginning that you wish you got your 90 minutes back. <laughs> I did. Has talking about it at all? No. No. Okay. Are you, are this, you more this, upset? Are you well, I more I annoyed? I haven't said much of anything. No, you but, haven't. Uh, is, this is Kadish's thing. Yeah, so it's, he, it's his show. I yeah. feel like this is one of those terrible movies that. Uh, a film studies teacher at the community college makes you watch when you take sign up for the class and you're like, what the fuck am I watching this movie for? It's terrible. But, uh, you know, it's fine. I, I it just wasn't, yeah. I, I don't like this genre. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about all three of these movies we watched today. 
Oh, so, so just I can just I'm cut. just I'm just, just kind of like keeping the salt in. Well, don't so, get that's what we're. Yeah. Come on, man, yeah, don't keep it. in. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to make. I don't want to make Matt mad. Because you, you won't make me mad. I, 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 I want to hear I, what you honestly I want, think. I want six hours of my life back this week. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Wow. Especially okay. this uh, this uh, the third one we're talking about was a real pile of shit. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll get to it. What's in a minute. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Jude, final thoughts on uh, Murder by Death. Uh, it's cute. Uh, the, I like the dialogue and everything that uh, Eileen Brennan wore through the entire movie. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> 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 I want her wardrobe. And that's it. Okay. All right. Yeah, my final thoughts on this movie is uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of good qualities to it, but the story itself kind of drives me up a wall because I don't like, when I watch murder mystery movies, this is, and this is true for all three of these movies, like I want to think, be able to feel like I might be able to figure it out by the end of the movie. I, but when they throw a wrench in that on purpose, I'm just kind of like, well, what the hell is the point of watching this movie if the whole thing is just for not? Like, I, that irritates me. So when I watched this movie and then the other movie that did the same thing, I was like, man, come on. Like, it feels pointless to me. If I can't at least try to guess the outcome of the movie and be close to being right, then I'm like, that, that, I don't want to watch. I, I was movie. I was waiting for uh, the professor and Marianne and Ginger and Gilligan to show up. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, that's kind of the point, though. Is like these aren't true mystery movies; these are comedic mysteries, and so like the comedy kind of takes precedence over the actual mystery. The mystery is just the backdrop upon which the comedy plays I just, out. Against. I guess I just didn't find it very funny. I I, I liked I liked uh, Peter Sellers, Sidney Wayne character, <laughs> but that's just because you know. It's over. It was just kind of offensive. Well, what, what, what did you think so, of, of Sam Diamond where, where he's like, you ever been with a fat waitress? <laughs> a nice fat blonde waitress? It just didn't resonate with me, I guess, no. man. I don't know. Like, I chuckled a couple if times. You're ever, if you're ever curious, give me a call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> it's him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Is it, is it though? It kind of is. Is it him? Yeah, I think so. You don't know. No, he's That's what cross, makes it brilliant. He admitted to being a cross-dresser. Yeah. At the, at, but I'm on the cover. It's a job, see? Yeah. I get $50 a day. <laughs> you do anything for $50 a day. <laughs> and and then, then he just like goes up to her and he's like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you ratted me out, bitch. Yeah. I also like it when he makes her turn around because he's going to do something that he's not sure is going to work and he just like starts crying. Because <laughs> like there's this bomb going off. He doesn't know how to like save their lives. <laughs> doesn't know how to defeat use it yeah <laughs> uh yeah uh, the mystery aspect which i guess is kind of the point because it's a parody movie so it makes sense that it doesn't make sense that's the whole point but that's just it still kind of irked me a little also bit. like if you know the characters that they're trying to parody like if you've ever read like dashiell hammond or agatha christie or something like that like it's fun seeing them get sent, sent up like this yeah you know like th these are basically it's basically like the league of extraordinary gentlemen for mystery movies you know okay. i realize that this movie is probably not for everyone but uh, I don't know, like there's just something about how well written the, this movie was okay, and how well acted it was that just makes it very endearing to me. Like I can remember when I first saw this movie, I was just simply amazed at like how witty it was. And this was like long before like I went to film school or anything like that. Like it's just something I caught on like TV one day and I was just like so amazed by you know, the characters and the, the humor because it is kind of like a highbrow thing. It's not like one of those things where you're watching a Will Ferrell movie yeah, and it's got like those types of Will Ferrell gags in it. Are you it, calling it, Will Ferrell low brow, sir? A little bit. <laughs> um, and it, it's also kind of in contrast to like, you know, murder mystery with Adam Sandler where that, that's a very Adam Sandler-ish type of humor. 
um, it, it's very different. So like it, it's, it's more about like the dialogue, the character interactions. And like I said, the, the meta interpretation of how murder mysteries usually play out, especially like this genre, like cozy, like closed door murder mysteries where it all happens in like a, a dark mansion and stuff like that. All right. Well, that's it for murder by death. I hope you guys uh, go check it out. It's on Amazon. You can rent it for three ninety nine. Vader will tell you not to, though. <laughs> He's looking, he glaring at me right now. How dare you suggest this movie to people? That's just a stroke face. Yeah. It's just, it's just not for me. It's just poisoned face. You know. Yeah, I get uh, it, man. You know, All right. So smart before people we, who read mystery movies want to watch it. That's that's reading mystery books. <laughs> we don't read movies. It. Yeah. yeah. If smart people movies. who read mystery books like it, then fine. Okay. I don't read, so I can't appreciate it. All so. right. <laughs> I never learned to read. I never learned to read. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. <laughs> All right. Before we move on to the next subject, I want to remind everybody that you guys can help support the podcast. Go to SaltyNerdClub.com. That'll take you straight to our Patreon page where you get access to T-shirts, stickers, blooper reels where Vader talks about pooping his brains out and all kinds of cool stuff. We also See, have... No, that's humorous. That is humorous. You can actually watch Vader have his stroke. Yeah. <laughs> Vader's like, this movie needed more dick and fart jokes. <laughs> and you can also get access to exclusive full-length podcasts where we just kind of shoot the shit and uh, talk to our patrons about specific subjects that they want to hear about. So go to saltynerdclub.com and help support us. Our goal is to get to 1,000 supporters. That way we can do this or at least try to do this full time because we are snapping back to reality now post COVID-19 and, and we are trying to uh, get away from the day job. So help us out. Go to saltynearclub.com. Do you want to add anything, uh, Kadish? Yeah. So uh, the Patreon is basically the uh, Matt Vader and, and Salty Nerd Retirement Fund. <laughs> so uh, if you want to help these guys quit their day jobs and do this full time for your amusement, uh, please consider um, joining. And Wait, also stop juggling the recording schedule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and al also, if um, if you don't want to help us monetarily, you can always help us by going to iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is you listen to the podcast and leaving us a, a positive review. And that's very helpful. Yep. Five star. If you leave us a five star review, please reach out to us and we'll be uh, glad to send you some merch in return. Uh, a couple stickers or something like that. Just yeah. as a thank Not you. Not that we're bribing. <clears throat> but we're kind of bribing. Leave us a five review. <laughs> All right. Moving on we're to the next movie. to buy our reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home. <laughs> well, this movie, I think you'll probably get some some backlash for not liking because everybody apparently likes this well, movie. Everybody, like this Clue. Movie. Everybody oh, loves yes. Clue. We're talking Clue. <clears throat> like I played the board game a couple times. Dude, me too. Clue. Six guests are anonymously invited to a strange mansion for dinner, but after their host is killed, they must cooperate with the staff to identify the murder as the bodies pile up. So I actually love the cast of this movie. It's Madeline Kahn, Leslie Ann Warren, Tim Curry, Christopher Lloyd, Eileen Brennan, uh, Michael McKean, Martin Mull, Colleen Camp. It has a great cast. I love Tim Curry in this. Matt or Kadish has said that he thinks that this is Tim Curry's best role ever. I disagree, but it's still a great cast. What do you give it? Tim Curry's best role. Legend. 
I haven't seen that movie. Really? Tom Cruise. And your girlfriend um, from um, Time Cop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sloan? Yes. <laughs> um, That's a weird movie. What, Time Cop? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. It's a great movie. Legend. <laughs> Legend. Have you, have you ever seen Time Cop? Best performance. Have you ever seen Time Cop? I loved him in the Disney's Three Musketeers movie with uh, Kiefer Sutherland and uh, Sean, what's his name? I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say Rocky Horror. Kiefer Sutherland and um, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, yeah, but that was he Sean was Sean Sheen. Sean Sheen. He was the uh, he was the cardinal. He was the bad guy in that movie. All, I Oliver he, Pratt, I think. Yep, and uh, Chris O'Neill. Mm-hmm. You do want to talk no, about Chris that O'Donnell. instead of Clue? No, no, no. no. I was just, <laughs> I'm just saying that was my favorite Tim Curry movie. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. What did I say? Chris O'Neill. Oh, sorry. So it was released uh, December 13th, 1985. Uh, it was budgeted for $15 million. What do you think it grossed? $15 million budget. And what year did it come out? 85. 85. I'm going to say it made $45 million. Okay. Vader? $100 million. $14 million. Ooh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 14.6. Yeah, hmm. this was a box office failure. Shocker. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it became like one of the biggest like home video cult movies like ever. Like like the, the, this, this is one of those movies okay. that found its audience on the home video. I, I need to ask you guys because I didn't bother to look it up, which I probably could have just Googled it. But did the movie come out first and then the game was based off the movie or is it the, no, it's game, the game came out first? I think that game's been out for... Hundred yeah, years. It was, ori- it? it was originally called. I don't know. It was originally called Cluedo in the UK, and then when Hasbro brought it over to the United States, they changed it to Clue. Okay. Um, so this was the first movie ever based off of a board game. Huh. Uh, Nineteen eighty-five, and I think it was like some type of deal with Hasbro. Like, so do you guys remember? I'm always talking about John Peters and Peter Gruber, who were like the super producers of the early '80s. They made Batman and Tango and Cash and all those like big movies and they eventually like took over Sony studios and almost ran it into the ground with their <laughs> mismanagement. Um, and uh, like John Peters was famously uh, Barbara Streitzan's hairdresser and he kind of um, parlayed that into a producing career. Um, but they were, they were the the brains behind this movie along with John Landis, who uh, was the you know big comedic director of the 1980s. He did blues brothers and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so like they were like the, the brainchilds behind this film. And, uh, it was, I, I can remember when I was a kid seeing the commercials and stuff for this movie. And I was really interested in going to see it, but I was just like too young to, uh, go to the theater for it. So I, I never got to see this in the theater. It was always on home video. It was too sexy for you. This was my first yeah. time seeing this movie ever. Shocker. I've never seen it before. Yeah, you and Vader. Both. Yeah. Vader never seen it. And, uh, my first impressions. When I was 16, I was doing stuff like going to parties and drinking beer. <laughs> Not watching Clue? Not watching Clue, yeah. Beating up nerds. <laughs> <laughs> nerds! Stupid nerds in their dumb Clue movie. Come on, man. You got you to... I was, I was probably watching, you know, I'm looking at like movies that came out in 1986. You know, it's like Aliens. Oh, yeah. And Cobra with Stallone. Those are the movies I was I remember watching back. Is this then. not is this not nerdy enough for you? I don't know. <laughs> Labyrinth came out in '86. Oh, I hate know. that movie. There's a lot of good movies in '86, and this one just was not well, not, not on my radar, it man. It just wasn't well, there. So it doesn't sound like it was. On yeah, a lot of had a lot of competition. I thought it was interesting that in the in the first movie, Murder by Death, in 1976, um, Eileen Brennan kind of plays the. Um, the dame, the sexy dame, and then in this one, she's like, she's um, 
the old lady. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only like nine years later. That is funny. Well, she's uh she's she looks older than she is, I think. Well, um she she was in a major car crash in between these two movies oh. and she got addicted to painkillers. Oh, oh, that'll do it to you. And yeah. and this was and this was her first movie out of rehab. And her and, and Madeline Kahn, who plays Mrs. White, they used to be like super best friends, but like after she went to like the Betty Ford clinic to get off of her drug addiction, um, Madeline Kahn was like super awkward around her. And, and so like, uh, apparently there was a lot of tension between them during the making of this movie because it's kind of like former besties. And then like, you know, they Friendies. had like, a, yeah, they had like a falling out. Um, but there's a nut, it's kind of funny cause in murder by death, we have the Sir Alec Guinness tie to star Wars and there was a tie to star Wars from this movie as well which I found very interesting, which was that originally Carrie Fisher was supposed to play Miss Scarlet in this film. And four days before they were set to start shooting, she went to rehab for uh, alcohol and drug addiction. And so... Uh, classic Carrie. Yeah, classic Carrie. <laughs> so um, she tried to get like a special exemption from like her therapist and doctors and stuff so that she could go and like, you know, do the movie because they were so close to shooting. And... Um, the insurance company for the film wouldn't sign off on her because they were like, you know, like she could relapse during the making of this and cause all types of budget overruns and stuff. So the, the director was forced to fire her. And at the last minute, they brought in Leslie Ann Warren, who was actually married to John Peters at the time. So basically John Peters, who was one of the producers on the film, just basically went to his wife and was like, babe, like we're in a hard place right here. Can you help us out? And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll come on board. And she was like, you know, perfect in the role like yeah. in fact this is she the, still looks fantastic yeah, the, was she in her 70s now yeah yeah she's in her 70s she looks so good still it's it's kind of funny because like um you guys know uh the the french maid yvette mm -hmm. in this film camp. played by colleen camp so you know like how hot she was mm -hmm. in this movie um like you know she basically she showed up for the audition because there were like a lot of big actresses up for the role like madonna and stuff like that. And so she showed up in a French maid outfit with her tits hanging out. <laughs> and, and the director was like, nice tits, you're hired. <laughs> but, uh, but, classic but, Hollywood yeah. misogyny. Yeah, but, but, but she, <laughs> well, she... That's all the role was. I, yeah. I get it, man. Uh, Kadish, uh, why did you pick Clue? Uh, besides the fact that it's probably one of the top murder comedy mysteries, uh, is there any reason that this one endears you so much, so much like <laughs> it, it, it's a lot. It was a bad it, question. <laughs> it, it, it's very, it's very similar to murder by death in the sense that like the, this cast is brilliant. Like uh, Tim Curry, like he's even come out and said this, this was like his favorite performance that he's ever done um, as Wadsworth, the Butler. But then you, you have like, uh, you, you know, Christopher Lloyd, Doc mm -hmm. Brown himself yep. is in this movie, Martin Mull, um, you've got uh, Madeline Kahn, you've got Leslie Ann Warren, like ev everyone in this movie, Michael McKean, uh, they're just brilliant actors and they work so well together. And I, I love, one of the big things for both Murder by Death and Clue to me was like the the set. Uh, I just love the, the set decoration in these movies where the mansion in and of character. itself is a character in the film. Um, and interesting to note is that, so... Um, Tom Stoppard, we've talked about Tom Stoppard before. He's uh, he's a very famous screenwriter. He did Shakespeare in Love. Uh, he was the guy who did all the dialogue for Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Like he's a he's an Academy Award winning screenwriter, and he was originally hired to write this movie. And he worked on it for a year, and he couldn't figure out how to make a good movie out of it. So he basically quit and gave all the money back that he had gotten <laughs> to write this movie. 
And so at the last minute, the director just wrote the script himself. And, and it's kind of funny because like you wouldn't think this movie would be good, but everything about this film, just to me as a murder mystery fan and, you know, a fan of the board game clue and stuff like that, everything about this movie just works for me. And it's not like a brilliant film. Like it's not like, it's not an Oscar worthy, you know, screenplay or anything like that. But there's just so many like tiny elements to the movie that add up to make it transcend time for me. Like I can watch this movie at any point in my life and enjoy it just as much as when I first saw it. Well, it does have that um, ability to like give you a, a different viewpoint every time you watch it. Like there's always stuff that you can catch. And that I watched this movie, I downloaded it and I watched it on the flight for my trip this week. So I had time to burn. I just sat down and I paid super close attention to it. I was really, really, really trying hard to try and figure out what the mystery was. And the one thing that I will give this movie over Murder by Death was I at least was able to guess <clears throat> at least a little bit of what was happening based on who was in the scene, a couple of clues here and there as to who was missing at, at key points during the, uh, you know, during the mystery and murders and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. So my takeaway from it was I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure the uh, Colonel Mustard killed somebody at some point in time in this movie. And I'm like, that's, I was like halfway through the movie. And I'm like, that's what I'm sticking with. No matter what happens the rest of the movie, I'm going to say it was Colonel Mustard. And I was at least a little bit right because at the very end of the movie, it was revealed that he did actually kill somebody. He was one of the, the people who murdered somebody. And despite the fact that it had like three different endings, but the one that was like, but this is what actually happened. And I was like, yes, I got something right. So like that by itself makes me feel like this movie is a little bit better than murder by death because I was like, oh, I was actually able to follow the clues that were presented on screen and guess at least one of the murderers and I was like I was happy with that so besides the fact that the dialogue I thought was way better and had a lot more wit to it than murder by death I thought this movie was a lot more fun to watch uh, uh, Tim uh, Curry's uh, performance was hilarious this very this felt very 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 much like a stage play like this is something that you could put on stage change virtually nothing about it well, I felt that way about both movies did you yeah. I didn't think uh, murder murder by death there was a bit too much intricate movement between I the thought, rooms. I thought I was watching a movie adaptation of of a play. play. Yeah. With Murder by Death. This one I knew it wasn't, but See, I felt I, the, I, I I enjoyed this one a little bit more. Yeah. than the other one. Well, how this, how come? This this cast was just really good. I think it's cuz I was more familiar with people in the cast and it was a little more modern maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right <clears throat> way to say it, but I don't know. Tim Curry was good, you know. It's very energetic. Yeah. I like that. He was, yeah. it was much more enjoyable to watch on just a visual standpoint of like seeing everybody moving around. I, I still didn't really like the movie, but, <laughs> but it was easy. It was easier to get through than the I don't, first one. I don't need to watch it again. Like no. I, I understand Kate is like, oh, I'm going to rewatch this. This is like, seems like something that he watches at least once a year. I'm really looking, just to for, kind of I'm really looking forward to the uh, <laughs> sequel to it, Scrabble. Wow. <laughs> and it's going to be really good. It's so. just too they old just, people. They just haven't made it yet. Can you look that up in the yeah. dictionary? Yeah. I'm well, calling well, it. You know, when I do write my mystery novels, I, this is one of the movies I dust oh, off I'd and hundred percent believe and it. watch for inspiration. Yeah. I think this one holds up also. So like, what, do you, what did you think about this movie, Jude? I do like this movie. This, okay. is, this is a movie. I don't watch it every year, but this is a movie that I, I can enjoy um, upon repeated viewings. Um, 
not not like uh, Murder by Death, which I never need to watch again. <laughs> but uh, I do like Clue. I, I love the dialogue between the characters. I love the I like the mystery aspect of it. I love the the ending. This is what could have happened. Yeah, and this is what really happened. I I think it's it's uh, it's entertaining. I like it. Um, I love um, the cast. I love Tim Curry in it. I love Leslie Ann Warren. She, I always, like, I think, when did this come out? 85? Yeah. So I was probably like nine or 10 years old when this came out. And I remember seeing this probably a few years after it, it had been released. So it was probably on like the television at home. And I remember seeing Miss Scarlet and thinking, gosh, she's so beautiful. I want to <laughs> be Miss Scarlet. And I just remember that as a kid being like mesmerized by a beautiful woman and wanting to be that one day. Was, I don't know. It's just mm. one of those things in my childhood that kind of stuck stuck with me. I like I, I like Leslie Ann Warren's dress. It was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs. You, you know, we, <laughs> me intrigued. We, we, we've talked about the the multiple endings to this movie, and this was one of those things where it was kind of like a gimmick that they did when it was released in theaters, where like the theatrical re- releases would only have one ending, but they would kind of cycle the, the three different endings depending on which theater you want to go see it in. So like you could go see it in one theater and it would have one ending. Then you'd go see it in a completely different theater and it would have a different ending to it. So it was one of those kind of gimmicks to try to convince people to go see the movie multiple times. And then when it came out on, on home video, they just took all three endings and put them in at the end where it has like the title cards where it's like, you know, this is what could have happened. This is what really happened type thing. But there were actually uh, originally four endings to this movie, but the fourth ending was considered to be like too dark and depressing. So like they got rid of it <laughs> and it was basically like Wadsworth like committed all the murders and uh, he ends up like getting killed by the dogs as he's trying to escape. And uh, the, the director was like, uh, I don't know, like this is kind of dark. <laughs> so like they kind of just left that on the cutting room floor so there, went with the, the lighter endings. When I was watching this movie at the very beginning, it sets up, you get the butler coming to the house and the dogs bark at him and he throws them the bone and stuff. And at, at, like I said, I was on the plane. So it was like my sole focus to watch this movie. I was trying to pick up on every little clue that they were dropping into like, okay, maybe that's important later. Okay. Maybe that's important later for like a good 15, 20 minutes of the movie. They really highlighted that the butler had obviously stepped in some dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And they kept referring to it. And just like this, every once every time a character would get introduced to the butler, they were just kind of like, Yeah. Like it was <laughs> they, like they, they checked their shoes. Yeah. They would check their shoes or something like that. And I'm like, okay, that's gotta be important. And then it just kind of nope. like wasn't. Just a, I was I was, a, it was, I was like it come was on literally man. just a poop joke. <laughs> I was really I was really hoping that at the end of the movie, somebody would see one of the dead bodies and go. Hmm, that <laughs> smells funny. And I'm like, oh, it's the butler. <laughs> like, I was really looking forward to that, and it never happened. So I was a little disappointed. I'm like, they hoodwinked me, man. I'm sorry, they didn't, I mean, they didn't bring I mean, that poop back around for you. There, there are a lot of red herrings in this movie, the most notable of which is communism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> communism is just, just a red, red herring. herring. Um, but I, I mean, like, there, there's, there's a lot of that stuff. In, in, like, in a good mystery, you always have to have things that kind of throw you off the trail and, and send you in a direction that is not the correct one. Right. And I feel like, like this movie, you know, does that a lot. Like for instance, you know, when, when they got like the, uh, you know, the, the, the dinner scene, they're serving shark fin soup and then like they bring out Miss Peacock's favorite dish. And then in the end it's like, and monkey's brain so popular <laughs> in Cantonese cuisine is not something that is regularly found in Washington DC, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's, it's like little things like that, that I just, I love about this movie. Yeah. Like, like there, there's so many like tiny characters, like moments like, you know, so 
Christopher Lloyd's character, Professor Plum, he's the psychiatrist who got kicked out of his practice sleeping for, with his for sleeping with his patients. And, uh, and he's obviously just like a lech, like he, you know, like he grabs Miss Scarlet's ass when he first meets her. And like, there's, there's a scene where they're looking at, um, pictures of Colonel Mustard and Yvette, um, in flagrante delicto and, uh, Miss White's like, like, it's impossible for anyone to get in that position. And Professor Plum's like, no, it's not. Let me show you. And he like, <laughs> he like puts her on the couch and she's like, get off me. <laughs> Uh, but like, you know, there's also a part where Madeline Kahn, uh, her character, where they kind kind of confront her about, uh, uh, ki- you know, killing someone. I think it was Yvette um, in the third ending, and and she she starts going off like flames, flames on the side of my head, burning, hurting. You know, like 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 like, like, like that whole thing. It, it's one of the most memorable character moments in, in the movie, and she just like ad libbed that whole thing, and they just like left it in. There's so many like just moments like that in, in these movies that I just love. I just love watching them. Like my all-time favorite moment in this movie is when Wadsworth basically um, announces like the whole point of the board game where he's like, we're trying to find out who killed him, like where they killed him and with what. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, you don't have to shout. He's like, I'm not shouting. All right, I'm shouting. I'm shouting, I'm shouting, I'm shouting. And then like the candlestick just bonks him on the head and he just gets knocked out. Like for some reason, I don't know why, that one scene just always makes me chuckle. Hmm. And I, th- I think it's based entirely on Tim Curry's uh, performance, but also just you see that candlestick up there on, on like the, the door frame, and you're just waiting for it. And just uh, on cue, it just goes blump. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I watched these movies, was I mistaken to go into these things thinking that I was going to like be able to figure out the mystery? Yes. Okay. So that's why I didn't really like these, because I went into these like 100%, oh, I'm going to try and figure out, I'm going to try and be smart, because these movies always make me feel dumb like murder mystery movies. And I'm like, I think it's this. And then it turns out to be something completely different. And I'm like, God damn it. This one, at least I did feel like it did give you an opportunity because it was somebody actually did die. There was a mystery. And I, has anybody actually broken down the movie to every single scene and seen if everything lines up with the ending? Cause I feel like, Oh, this person was missing during this time and they could have ran over to this door and gone through the secret hideout and wait, killed wait. this person. Like would that, if you go back and like watch this movie in slow motion, does that all yes, line up? It does line up. Okay. Like, see, I'm good. Basi- I'm good with that. Basically John Landis came up with the idea of the multiple endings. And so like they had to figure out a way to make each ending fit with what, you know, happened. happened in the movie. So like, if you look at like when they find the cook's body and they all run to the kitchen, there yeah. are two characters missing Yes, when they first arrive there. And they all of a sudden show up like after like they've kind of, you and know, that's what made body. me nail down Colonel mustard because I was like, he was missing at this key moment. And like when I saw that and I realized it and a little light bulb went off in my head, I was like, it's Mr. It's uh, Colonel mustard. So that's, yeah. Well, I, I like, 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 have you noticed like, like for instance, Mrs. White um, has, has this thing about injuring men's uh, testicles. No, I didn't I, like the, that. the entire movie. Like, sh- like her entire focus is on like you know, uh, destroying the um, the representation of manhood. <laughs> like, 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 like she need uh, Colonel Mo- or Mister Body in, in the groin. Like she uh, cut off her hu- her hu- dead husband's like penis. <laughs> um, you, you know, like uh, she she's always talking about you know like doing stuff to people's dismembering like, people. Yeah. <laughs> to, well, to, to men's test genitalia in particular. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny also because the, the female characters in this movie, they're all dressed in colors that is the exact opposite of what their name suggests. Mm-hmm. So Miss Peacock, who would typically be in blue, would be in gold. Miss um, Scarlet was in deep green instead of red. Uh, Miss White was in black. black instead of white. 
So it was just kind of interesting. Well, she had the, the inside of her jacket was lined in like a pearl white. Yeah, but she was like always dressed in black because yeah. like she, one of her husbands has always she's just died. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a black widow. She's a black widow, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, final thoughts on Clue. Vader, you look bored as fuck, dude. I, I, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you like about this movie, or are you just kind of on the oh, same I, page I didn't, as the first one? I didn't. I don't know. I just it's just not my kind of movie. I didn't dislike it, but I hadn't seen it before then, and I don't think I'll ever watch it again. It's just it's just not in my wheelhouse. Okay, know. it's fine. <laughs> did you check out, or did you at least finish it? I watched it. Okay, I watched all these movies. It wasn't like bad taste where you're just like I'm out. Well, that movie was just. <laughs> You saved yourself. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jude, final thoughts on Clue. Uh, I mean, I've already said my piece. I like this movie. I love Leslie Ann Warren in it. Do you, uh, do you think it deserves the um, notoriety? The cult classic? The cult oh, classic? definitely. Okay. Yeah, I think it definitely falls into that um, movie cult classic, like like Kate has said, that it found its audience much later. Okay. Um, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by this movie. I, I was kind of like Vader. I, I really wasn't expecting yeah, to like it. Yeah, you definitely sounded more invested in this than you were in the yeah, last movie. Yeah, the murder by death kind of lost me. The, like I said, the only thing I liked about that was the cast. But this movie, because I was able to actually sit down and pay attention to some of the clues and at least guess one of them, I was like, <laughs> okay, felt I felt yourself. good about myself. I felt justified in watching the movie. You're so a I was very like, smart boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I figured out the mystery. <laughs> you meddling kids. That was a Scooby-Doo moment. <laughs> Um, but yeah, playing the game when I was younger, I was kind of like familiar with the characters, but, uh, I had never seen this movie and, and, and Tim Curry was fantastic in it. And, uh, I, I understand why people, it's so beloved by so many people. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's not my thing. Again, I'm probably with Vader. I probably won't watch it again cause it's not in my wheelhouse, but I at least appreciated it for what it was. I'm, so, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, the sorry game coming. Up. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be really good. Too. Let it go, man. So, uh, fun fact, um, Disney's remaking this. Oh, why? Well, it bought out 20th Century Fox, so it has the rights to it. And uh, Ryan Reynolds is the guy who's um, basically pushing for it to get made. He's, he wants to play Wadsworth. Mm, all right. So it's already <laughs> it's it's already in pre-production. It started pre-production in January of 2020. It's going to be a lot of people that don't want that, though. Uh, well, I mean, Disney's is their remake game is like... That's all they do now. That's all they do, man. It's sad. But, you know, ironically, I think that the success of Knives Out probably like really helped the push for the remake. See, you know, I was like, this isn't my kind of movie, but I can appreciate it for it being in that cult classic kind of, kind of area. Cause I know there's a lot of people that love this movie. Yeah. I'm not one, but if I was one, <laughs> I wouldn't want Disney screwing around with my movie. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's annoying. You know, it's just like Disney needs to start making original, new movies yeah. and original movies. You know, quit making live versions of their awesome animated movies and ruining them. You know, it's 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 not cool. Yeah, it's, it's recycling their content. Yeah. It's, it's getting tiring. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Like I don't have a problem with remakes per se, but because they're it's it's such a trend now that it's kind of like, oh god, can we do we really have to do this again? Like, I mean, they're gonna try and put their stamp on it, and it's yeah. it's either gonna work or it's gonna be a discredit to the original, and it's kind of. That's kind of a bummer, man, that they're remaking it. Even though I like Ryan Reynolds, and I think he's he's a talented guy, and I'm sure he'd make it like at least comedic. His comedic timing is really great, but uh, I don't know if we need a remake of I'll, Clue. I'll tell you this though, like as much as a fan of the original I am, I'd be like the first in line to see like a new version of Clue coming yeah. out because it's not one of those things where like like 
any, any type of remake or whatever, it would be a reinterpretation of the material. So it would be something completely different. And um, like they wouldn't be ruining the original movie by doing like a new version of it, in my opinion. So I'd be down for it. I'm surprised that you said that, but that's cool. Right on. Um, all right, so moving on to the next subject, but before we do, I want to remind everybody, you guys can go to our YouTube channel, saltynerdvideo.com, and check out our YouTube channel there. We have all of our videos. We have some short segments that we cut out of the podcast for your viewing pleasure, and on Saturday mornings, we do a breakdown of each episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, so come join us on Saturday mornings. We usually go live and at least try and test out our new equipment, and we talk about Star Trek Lower Decks, the new cartoon Rick and Morty type uh comedy about star trek so uh, come check us out and hang out with us and talk about that show it's a hit or miss for us but uh we're usually in the minority when it comes to that show so at least you guys can get a different viewpoint that's saltynerdvideo.com like and subscribe and help us grow the channel all right moving on to our last one which i was honestly shocked that kadish picked is murder mystery with adam sandler and jennifer aniston out of all the movies you picked an adam sandler movie this week why is that <laughs> Well, it's not truly an Adam Sandler movie. Um, Adam Sandler's in it, but it was kind of written and developed by um, director uh, Kyle Newichek, who is the one of the creative talents behind the, the Comedy Central Comedy Central show Workaholics. Okay, and also uh, James Vanderbilt, who is the screenwriter, and he's kind of like a well-known screenwriter, and I believe he's like he's Luke Evans' husband. First of all, there aren't a whole lot uh, of target targets in, in this rich environment of comedic murder mysteries. Um, but second, uh, this is loosely inspired by an Agatha Christie um, series called Tommy and Tuppence, which is about a husband and wife team that kind of like fall into mysteries and like have to solve them. So like it, it's very loosely based on that. Um, so all these movies that we've talked about this week have kind of had the theme of like an Agatha Christie style mystery. And I just wanted to kind of continue with that theme. So right Jude, on. why don't you tell us what murder mystery is about? So um, this was a Netflix original, correct? Okay. So this came out in 2019. Um, the synopsis is a New York cop and his wife go on a European vacation to reinvigorate the spark in their marriage, but end up getting framed and on the run for the murder for the death of an elderly billionaire. So it stars Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston and Luke Evans. Uh, okay, so I'll start. I couldn't find a budget for it. Oh, yeah, so Netflix, Netflix doesn't release its budget. Oh, okay. And because the, they don't make any, I mean, they make subscription right. money off of it, but it's not like a box office type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I will say that um, this was one of Netflix's biggest original series, original movie hits. Yeah. Um, it was surprisingly good. Like when yeah. we, I remember when we originally watched it, um, we were like, eh, there's really nothing to watch right now. I guess we'll put this on. And we were both really pleasantly su surprised by how how good it was. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, this was a date night movie for my wife and I when it yeah. first came out. And uh, I watched it. And I'm not really, I like Adam Sandler's older stuff, like Happy Gilmore, like way, way back in the 90s and stuff. Like that was my Adam Sandler. Once he, he kind of went downhill for a while and I haven't really checked his stuff out lately. Um, but when this came out, I was like, Adam Sandler? But then there's Jennifer Aniston's in it. I love Jennifer Aniston. So I was like, all right, we'll check it out. And it was a date night movie. We watched it. And again, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, this is really fun. It was had a talented, fun cast. The comedic timing was really good. And the mystery I thought was really interesting and fun. And uh, it was uh, one of the things that I always look for, whether it's a comedy or not, is if I can figure out the mystery. And I felt like this was justified and being like, okay, if I paid attention to the film, I was able to kind of deduce who did what and for what reason. And I was happy with that. Yes, so, very yeah. fast. That yeah. being said, 
when it's a Netflix original, we set our bars kind of low. So I feel like this jumped way over the bar, but based solely on it being a Netflix original. I think that if it had been, if it, if it had been released in theaters, I don't think I would have been as impressed with it as I was like seeing, seeing it on yeah, a Netflix it, it actually set a record screen. on Netflix. It was basically <laughs> within the first three days, over 30 million accounts had watched the movie. Um, and like at the time, like that was like something that Netflix was just like, whoa, like no other <laughs> original film has ever done this before. That's pretty cool. So like they got like, you know, a record number of views in the first three days of, of the release of this film. And uh, Adam Sandler has like an exclusive like production deal with Netflix. And well, he uh, did, who was that? Um, that Western movie that he made was awful. I can't, it was yeah. it something. I don't like, you know, it's funny because all of Adam Sandler's productions are either an excuse to give, get his friends work yeah. or, or, or to take a vacation. Yeah. And this was obviously one of his vacation movies. He wanted uh, to go to Monaco. Yeah. 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 He wanted to, he went, wanted he to, wanted to be on a boat. Yeah. I want to be yeah. on a yacht. Let's go to Italy or whatever. Yeah. Let's ship out. I, like it's, it's very obvious <laughs> that like he did this movie because like he just wanted to go on vacation. Uh, to you know, some very fancy European country. Yeah, good for him, man. Uh, so I think the three of us all generally liked it. Vader, uh, did you? Uh, do you have a? I was bored. You were bored with it, <laughs> so you didn't find the mystery interesting at all, no. or the characters. Did you find Adam like, Sandler annoying? I, I, I thought Adam Sandler kind of phoned in the end. Okay. And uh, Jennifer Aniston was on vacation too. This movie did nothing for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I feel like I'm a total fuddy duddy this week, but it's just. What is that? Fuddy Duddy? That's a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've never seriously heard, never heard that term no, before? No, I've never heard that before. What I'm, is I'm it? A, I'm Fuddy Duddy. I'm, I'm a curmudgeon. I'm a downer. I'm Mr. Poopy Pants this week. <laughs> Fuddy and Duddy. Just, this, this movie did nothing for me. That sounds like a, a candy like, you would buy. At the God, you're so young. And naive. I know. I'm running, a, I'm running into 7-Eleven. Ooh, get, grab me a Fuddy Duddy. Yeah, please. <laughs> like, I, asked, I asked my wife. I asked my wife. I go, hey, uh, Kadish is making me watch this uh, Jennifer Aniston movie this week. And I was kind of excited for it. Yeah. It's like, because, you know, Jennifer Aniston's Right, girl. yeah, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> Ooh, do you think we'll see some boobs? Like, we're going to see some boobs? <laughs> no. Or at least some hard. The answer is no. At least some okay. hard nipples or anything? Yeah, like, maybe. That's her thing. Well, really well you, you did see some beneath the shirt nips in this right. and, uh, and I go you want to watch this movie with me because I try to like get her to watch some of these movies with me you know if they're on Netflix or something and she goes oh I already watched it I go well was it any good she's all eh nah. <laughs> I'm like okay great you know but you know her and my movie our, our movie taste really isn't on the same level so yeah. I wasn't really worried about it but she was she was pretty spot on with this one so yeah. just meh just meh huh yeah I was surprisingly not annoyed by Adam Sandler like lately, I've well, been, that's probably why I didn't like his performance because he didn't annoy me. <laughs> I, I like his really off the wall, stupid characters, like Billy Madison. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That those, that's those are Adam Sandler movies to me. So I like it when he phones it in because I feel like he's an actual person like, like and not a cartoon. <laughs> Give me some little Nicky. Oh Adam God, Sandler. please no. <laughs> Oh, wow. This reminded me a lot of how I felt about when we watched um, Eurovision, that movie. How okay. like Will Ferrell was the worst part of it, but we re really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, and like the other people in the movie were the better parts of the movie. This I, I think is similarly done. Like Adam Sandler, it's an Adam yeah, Sandler movie. Yeah, but much, he's the worst part of it. Yeah, everybody else is pretty legit. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Like how Eurovision, we were like, it was a really enjoyable film 
And it was a Will Ferrell production, and he was the worst part of it. Same thing with this. It's an Adam Sandler movie. He's not my favorite. He, I found, I still found him annoying because I, I just <laughs> didn't like his character. Um, and uh, I, I just thought overall it was it was an enjoyable movie. I mean, if they had, had for him, if they had had <laughs> Kevin James and Adam Sandler or uh, Will, what's with David Spade? Okay. In the movie, you know, maybe big like people a, on the a, boat or something. A couple more of his friends. Like yeah. grown-ups, but yeah, exactly. grown ups part Nick three. Schwartz. It's like, let's make this a Happy Madison movie and get the crew in there, you know? Let's, just, let's do it. Do it upright. So originally, uh, Charlize Theron was supposed to be the wife in this movie. I'm glad it was Jennifer. And uh, she kind of, uh, I think she had scheduling conflicts, so she had to back out. And uh, they put Jennifer Aniston in her role, but she stayed on as a producer. Huh. So uh, she has a producing credit on this film. But uh, Kyle Newichek, um, who directed this movie, so like I told you guys, he's best known for you know uh, workaholics, basically. So like he's he's like the executive producer and director of a lot of those shows, and uh, he did another Netflix original movie called Game Over Man, which starred the workaholics cast, and it was kind of a send up of Die Hard, and it was absolutely terrible. It, it was a terrible movie, and uh, but he's also a producer and director on What We Do in the Shadows. So oh, okay, you know he's he's got. Some, some, some chops to him. Yeah. yeah so um, this movie uh, was a little bit toned down on the comedy aspect of it. And the thing I liked about it is like, so it basically focuses on this married couple. Uh, Adam Sandler is like this, this New York cop and Jennifer Aniston's this New York hairdresser. And they just kind of live this boring life. And when they first got married, Adam Sandler had promised to take her to Europe. Well, he's been trying to be a detective for, for a vacation. Yeah. And so like, like for 15 years of marriage, she's just dreamed about finally getting that European honeymoon that he promised her. And so he's been trying to get a promotion at work to go from sergeant to detective, but he's failed the detective exam like three times because he's just not good at taking tests, even though like, I guess like he's good at like, you know, the actual detecting part of it. He's also a terrible shot. Yeah. (laughs) So like he basically, um, is just kind of like in a rut and he hasn't really been paying much attention to Jennifer Aniston and he's been lying to her. He told her that he actually got the promotion and he is a detective, but um, you know, he's just too ashamed to admit that he's, he's failed so many times and she's just kind of like fed up with boring humdrum life and she just wants to get away for a little while. So um, on their anniversary, like he's gonna surprise her with an Amazon gift card, but then like this this whole like 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 what <laughs> fifteen what, years of marriage yeah. get an Amazon yeah. gift card and, and she, she's like why haven't you ever fulfilled your promise and taken me to Europe and he's like actually surprise <laughs> you know, like well you ruined the yeah. surprise I was gonna tell you tomorrow yeah because she was he could tell that he was gonna have a problem because she was aggressively flossing <laughs> uh, in the bathroom so uh, basically he he dips into their savings to get this uh, this you know European vacation to take her on and uh you know he he, he books like a bus tour and they're gonna learn how they age ham <laughs> stuff in europe <laughs> and, and all, all, all this like boring yeah, he's he's doing it for on the cheap the whole yeah. way yeah, yeah. and it's, it's funny so like, she runs into this like very wealthy like hot shot dude who, yeah so th- there's this great scene uh, can i just set this yeah stage? go ahead um so like they're on like one of these european flights where it's like this huge plane that you know you have to be on for like, has like a bar and everything. Yeah. 16 hours. And so, uh, Adam Sandler, obviously like he, it's like 
when I fall asleep next to Jude, I'm just like, my, my seat's all the way back. Uh, I'm, I'm snoring in her face. We have literally had this conversation yeah. before. <laughs> Don't put your chair back. They salute. Like, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so Jennifer Aniston, she's one of these these wives who like loves to read like murder mysteries. And she's trying to read while Adam Sandler is like snoring in her face. And so like she needs earplugs. And the waitress is like, oh, that'll be $30. <laughs> And so the flight attendant's like, that'll be $30. And she's just like, $30 for earplugs? And so like she gets up and she kind of like sees in first class and like she like sneaks into first class and she's looking for like uh, the free earplugs in first class. So, so she palms one and she finds this bar back there. It's like a full bar. And Luke Evans. It's swanky too. It's a nice yeah, bar. Yeah. And Luke Evans' character, who's like this like Cavendish. European royalty, yes, yes, uh, Lord Cavendish. Actually, he's a, he's a what, do they, what do they call him? Like a. An earl or something? No, no. It, it's it's a uh, it's like a weird like I want to say viceroy, but I know it's not. Oh, viceroy. he's a viscount. Vi- viscount. Thank you. Uh, so he's he's like a viscount, and uh, he's like all debonair. He looks like Errol Flynn, like just dressed <laughs> in this nice suit. And Jennifer Aniston, you know, like she's kind of like flirting with him because like you know he's this attractive guy giving her attention. He's very smooth. And uh, while she's kind of like talking with Luke Evans, Adam Sandler wakes up. And he's like, he's like, where's my wife? And so like he goes in the back and he sees her at the bar talking with Luke Evans. And he's like, oh my God, this plane has a bar. <laughs> Just like, completely like oblivious to the fact that like this way better looking richer guy is like, you know, Flirting chatting, with his chatting up his wife. And so um, like he comes and joins them and he's like very like not impressed by Luke Evans like at all. Yeah. And uh, Luke Evans ends up inviting them to, come on his yacht to meet like like his billionaire uncle and uh, Jennifer Aniston's like like I gotta like like so she has to take this opportunity <laughs> well, well she pulls a uh, uh, um, Adam Sandler into the bathroom to have a conversation Adam Sandler thinks they're gonna join the mile high club <laughs> so just start taking off his pants. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and she's like what are you doing like we're, we're, we're talking about this and so um you know, Adam Sandler is very much like, I, I booked the bus tour. We're going to learn how we age ham, you know, all this <laughs> other stuff. You're going to ruin the whole yeah. ham experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so, like, uh, Jennifer Aniston reluctantly turns down the offer to go on the, the yacht. But then, like, once they land and they see, like, the bus and it's just full of people like them, <laughs> like, like, with kids, like, screaming <laughs> kids and, and people like, like, get a picture, you know. <laughs> um, and, and Quit hogging the wind, I'll see. Yeah. And they, they, they kind of look at each other and they're like, like, you want to go on the yacht? They're like, yeah. So, so they go. I got, and, I got anxiety just hearing you guys mimic the people on the bus. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> please no. So, so they 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 go and they meet up with Luke Evans again. He takes them on like this this one of the most beautiful yachts I think I've ever seen, and it's full of like rich, beautiful people. They have the Maharaj. Uh, He's it, my favorite. Yeah, it was, was Jude's favorite character. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> my homie. Man, I can kill no one, G. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's like this rich Indian guy, but like he just talks like a, you know, like a stereotypical a rapper. rapper. Yeah. And uh, then they have uh, th- this one guy, Juan he Carlos. He talks like how white people think rappers exactly. talk. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how like rich, out of touch white people yeah. think, think black people talk. Yeah. And um, so then there's this like beautiful actress um, who, who's on the boat that uh, turns out Adam Sandler's like a super fan of. Like when he sees her, he forgets his wife's name. <laughs> this is my wife, Allison. Uh, my name's Audrey. <laughs> I said that. I was thinking about 
something else. <laughs> I mean, and then there's Juan Carlos, who's like this uh, famous Formula One racer, but he, Very can't, good. but he can't speak English. Number one. Or understand English. So like he, he just uh, uses these like weird like, like, oh, yes, very fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Number one. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's this, uh, this like Nigerian colonel who has like a fake hand and an eye patch. And uh, he's like uh, one of the like best friends of like this billionaire who owns the yacht. And he has like this former KGB like Spetsnaz like uh, assistant who's like this, just this huge Russian guy who was actually the mayor in, um, in uh, uh, Euro. Eurovision? Uh, yeah, Eurovision. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, he's actually been in a lot of things. But um, uh, you, you just you meet this really interesting cast of characters on this yacht. And then, of course, the murder happens. And because Adam Sandler's the only detective, quote unquote detective on the boat, he kind of like takes charge. But it, it's kind of funny because every time Adam Sandler is like on screen, he's always like hungry. Like he always just wants to eat something. <laughs> so like after he like locks down the crime scene, he just steals all the shrimp <laughs> and, and he's like, babe, get the cocktail sauce. <laughs> <laughs> this is the big shrimp. Yeah. And, and okay. he's the jumbo, the jumbo yeah. shrimp. I do remember. And that was he, funny. Yeah, he, he's like, "What is, does Maurice uh, breastfeed each one of these shrimp individually? <laughs> these are these are amazing." So I, I was um, I was actually surprised that this movie didn't stay on the yacht longer. I was expecting it to be like all these other murder mystery movies where you're kind of like in yeah, one single too. location, everybody's locked down, and everything has to happen on the yacht in order for this to play out. But they actually took the the story. It got progressively more action oriented. They got chase scenes and they started, there was like a shootout at one point. Like it was, it kind of went off the rails as far as these other two movies that we were talking about, which were very stationary in their location. But this one went like, it was like a full European tour. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had to get their vacation, right? Yeah. They were like, Hey, I do love the, the French inspector. Yeah, yeah the, the guy who blows the perfect smoke ring. Yeah, he does it so well. Yeah, yeah, like every time he blows a smoke ring, Adam Sandler's just like so impressed. He's like, how does he so do that? that? He's so good at that. <laughs> Vader, you were going to say something? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> okay. Kadish has been going on for an hour and a well, half Well, that's now. like, this is the Kadish show. I, I don't know. He he knows every detail about every movie. <laughs> well, I, I, I just He's love, in the driver's seat. I can't take it good. away from him. It's all good. <laughs> uh, again, this, somebody has to like these movies, right? <laughs> again, yeah. this is a great example of like, like really interesting characters that make this movie like worth watching. Like, like you guys kind of poo pooed on Adam Sandler, but like, I actually think like, like I really liked his character in, in this movie because he's always talking about like, like, Oh, I have to take a shit. He's the every man. Yeah. yeah he's, yeah. he's the every man, but he's, he's got like this Tom Selleck mustache. And, <laughs> no, it's and, not a Tom Selleck mustache. How dare you? It pays off. Smirch Tom Selleck. It pays off at the end because he sees the Ferrari Testarossa <laughs> and, and he's like, he's like Magnum PI. I even got the mustache. Let's go. Let's go. You know, and Set then up they a get in the wrong seats. If yeah. She has to drive. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know how to drive stick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like like he's a terrible shot like in the shootout you were talking about like he keeps trying to like shoot the the, the murderer and his like he can't even hit the broadside of a barn it's like his, <laughs> his bullets are just going like like he's like they're warning shots they're warn <laughs> like that's something i would do i was like it, it was a warning shot yeah <laughs> And um, like he like steals the tuxedo off of a dead body so he can like look debonair for like the <laughs> the reveal, the reveal. <laughs> you know like, like the, there's just a lot of cool stuff like so after they get off the boat they're like the prime suspects because they're like you know the the strangers in, in yeah. the group and so like part of this movie the reversal is like you know they're on the run from the cops because the cops think they did it and they have to prove their innocence. And it's kind of cool to see like the husband and wife come together because at some point Jennifer Aniston learns that he's been lying to her. 
And so they had kind of have a falling out. And Jennifer Aniston's actually like a really good detective as well because she reads all these mystery novels. And it was just nice to see them like, like when they're separate, they're not very efficient. But when they come together, like they kind of make up for each other, make up for each yeah. other's shortcomings. They make a good team. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a feel good moment too. Yeah. When you get to, you get to watch the them be kind of like separated. They were in that rut when they were back in the States. And as the movie progresses, I, you get to see them kind of come I together. I felt so good at that moment. It, it was just <laughs> brought joy to my heart <laughs> at that point of the movie. Go, to man, get to see Jennifer Aniston. This was, this was like the culmination of six hours of my life coming to <laughs> make it all worth it. You are so salty today. I love yeah. it. But out, out of all three of the movies that we watched, like this one is the most traditional mystery. Like, yeah. like they took the mystery kind of seriously. And like if you follow the clues, like they have red herrings and stuff like that. And some of the characters actually like like voice the correct theory throughout the movie. Like like uh, when the Maharaji is talking about Juan Carlos, and he's like, Juan Carlos is your guy. And he's like, mm-hmm. you can guarantee that? And he's like, 99, 90%, you know, or it's <laughs> yeah, this guy. Guarantee. Yeah, guarantee. Yeah. He's like, or it could be this guy. And he's like, so you're not sure about Juan Carlos? He's like, no, not really. <laughs> you know? But but it turns out Juan Carlos is like, is the know, guy, yeah. one of the guys. And I also love the reveal scene because like, um, obviously Jennifer Aniston and, and, uh, Adam Sandler haven't figured it out. They're just kind of spitballing as they go. And, but then like it becomes like, Oh, they figured it out, you know, yeah. as they were making it up. And it was like a last minute thing too. They were about to get arrested and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a, and they're like going through it. He's like, well, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. Oh shit. Maybe we did. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, I felt like a lot of the, the humor worked, you know, like it, it very kind of like subdued Adam Sandler style humor. Um, but like, this is like a fun, like kind of date movie. Like, you know, you can watch this and it's enjoyable. It's not like a fantastic film, but like it's good enough. And, uh, they're working on a sequel to it because like the, the movie kind of ended with them on the Orient Express. So it's like, okay, here's another Agatha Christie. Uh, Adam Sandler movie. needs another vacation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like they're, uh, they're working on getting a, a sequel to this made. Oh, and, I can't uh, wait. Yeah, well, it's uh, going to be awesome. Uh, unironically, I can't wait for it either. Like I, I really want to see it. I'm more excited for the murder on the Nile. The actual movie. Oh, that's another another snoozer I saw <laughs> <laughs> the, the preview for. Yeah, that looked uh, good, man. I don't know uh, what you're yeah, talking okay. about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, final thoughts then. That's your final thoughts. That's is my this a snoozer. Snoozer. Not even. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Oh wow. All right. That's sad, man. Not her best work. It's a bummer this week for you. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because your week with the video game movies was like. Our top, well, those, those our top were, listen to podcast. Those were good movies. <laughs> <laughs> People like those movies. Yeah, man. All right, uh, Jude. Final thoughts on what is this murder mystery? <laughs> the Adam Sandler movie. Um, it's it's worth watching. Okay. <laughs> High endorsement. You can, High you praise. You can watch it for free if like you don't have anything else to do. I'll say it's a good date night movie. That's yeah. what I did with it, and I enjoyed She's it. Like, and it got an engagement going on over here. <laughs> she, she has to be nice. She's got a nice ring on her finger. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, so. How dare you not like my movie? <laughs> Give me that ring back. I enjoyed it for what it was. I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan, but uh, I did. I did find this movie enjoyable when I watched it. So um, I'll give it. I'll give it a positive review. It's definitely worth watching. It's fun. It's a good mystery. It actually makes sense. There's no hoodwinks. There's no like, what if this happened? Well, actually, this happened. Like that shit annoys me. But this movie didn't do that. So I'll give it points. Um, I don't think it it 
holds up as well for me on a second watch. Not like Clue. I feel I feel like Clue is very nostalgic and I can continue to watch that and it and it holds up through time. This, I was surprised by it the first time I watched it. Upon the second watch, I was just like, eh, it's just okay. Yeah. So. All right. I'm going I'm to give this week's movies three and a half stars. Put together. If you add up all the stars <laughs> for all three movies, you get, you get three Wait, and which a half. Which one got one and a half? Uh, clue. Okay. Okay. So it's so. not a one star shit fest. It's, it's more a, like a three star farty afternoon. Okay. okay. <laughs> Did you watch all? <laughs> I didn't watch all three of these in one no, day. No, no. I, I watched Clue yesterday. Okay. And the other two movies Monday, I think. Yeah. Okay. So we can all agree that this whole like every host gets a week thing is a debunk. Like, let's not do this anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, nobody wants to watch what you want to watch. Yeah. yeah. Either, I'm just glad we got the rest of the month already mapped out. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, well, it's I guess we'll, pretty, we'll, pretty good month coming Pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty good. Well, I'll, I'll just say, so because this was my birthday selection, um, thank you. Uh, I want to thank all you guys for watching these movies because like th- th- these are really just like kind of like feel good movies for me and they make me happy. I didn't hate them. And I'm just uh, kidding. You should. I just, you, you know, you know, they're, they're lighthearted, they're funny and they're kind of high concept. And those are the types of movies that I just tend to enjoy. Right on. Well, good for you, man. Can't wait till my birthday week. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Is it going to be just like yeah, showgirls? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> boobs galore. Boobs just like those late night Cinemax, not quite porn, but kind of porn yeah. movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Happy birthday, Vader. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our uh, podcast why, why for today. Why don't we tell them about what we're doing next week? Yes, it's uh, Schwarzenegger September. So we're, uh, we're doing week one of all things Schwarzenegger. But these are like. These Schwarzenegger movies aren't the ones that you these are just think comedy of. movies. These are the comedy movies that he's done. We're doing Junior, which I've never seen before, so that'll be fun. Twins with Danny DeVito, I which twins. I've also never seen I before. Love twins. And Kindergarten Cop, which is my favorite. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Like this, God, the one-liners in that movie are incredible. <laughs> Who is your daddy and, and what, what does, does he, he do? do? <laughs> <laughs> and also, Kindergarten Cop has a very important lesson for these modern kids these days. Boys have, Boys have penis. penises, girls, girls have, have vaginas. vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go through and some anatomy. And if you anatomy. don't want to be a fireman, you can be a princess. Yes, perfect. <laughs> All right, so look forward to that. Next week, we're doing Schwarzenegger September. Can't uh, wait. And uh, that's going to be a ton of fun. We're also doing the Boys Season 2 dedicated podcast. Every week, we're going to talk about the new episode that drops. So look forward to that. And uh, before we leave, I wanted to mention that you guys can support the podcast and get some awesome merch Go to saltynerdstore.com and get a great selection of T-shirts that uh, are available for you to buy. Uh, Jude is wearing one right now. It's her 80s tits. How do you like the shirt? I love it. Good. Is it googly enough for you? It could be googlier. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to do a version two. Uh, there's also uh, some really good uh, T-shirts up there right now for election year. We've got uh, Murtaugh and Riggs uh, 2020, or actually that was 1989. And then I also did Tango and Cash for 2020. So if you want to support the real presidential candidates, go to saltynerdstore.com. Maybe we could branch out and like do some bottoms. We could do like 80s Bush. Uh, I, I might be able to do that. <laughs> 80s Bush. <laughs> Just have hair. Yeah. <laughs> That's so messed up. 
<laughs> All right, guys. I'd wear it. Go to saltynerdstore.com. Help to support the podcast. You can get stickers. You can get uh, tapestries. You can get T-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool stuff. So check it out. Help support the podcast and get some cool merch in return. And before we leave, where can we find everybody on the socials? Jude. You can find me at I am Jude Juju on the socials. Right on. And uh, Matthew Vader 74. What are they? What are you doing these days, buddy? Um, I'm playing games on Twitch at Matt Vader 74. Right on. I'm uh, making some stupid videos on YouTube at Matt Vader 74. <laughs> I'm posting uh, stuff on Twitch at or at on Twitter. Oh, okay. At Matt Vader 74. Oh, really? It's all the yeah, same? Yeah, Good yeah. for you, man. And uh, every once in a while, I might put something on Instagram. At Matt Vader seventy four. I stopped using Instagram. <laughs> well, it's, you know, none of us we didn't, we can't be as cool with the TikTok as as you are. TikTok's where it's at, bro. So yeah, well, I'm I'm too old for TikTok. I can't I can't even say it. He's a funny duddy. He's a funny duddy. I'm gonna make a T-shirt. Don't make it that has a candy bar on it. It says funny duddy. Bro, grab me a funny duddy. That's the next thing that's going on the list. Grab me a funny duddy. All right, Matthew Kadish, author extraordinaire. Where can they find you, and what do you got going on in the the book sphere? Well, they can find me on Twitter at Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H. You can check out my books on Amazon at kadishbooks.com. I'm working on the audiobook version of my mystery series right now. So uh, I got a mystery book out called Sinful, which I guess it's appropriate for today's theme. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's basically, it's a Las Vegas-based mystery. Mr. Vader was a consultant on my book. resume Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's ba- about a concierge detective in town who's basically a private investigator for the casinos that they lend out to their high-roller clients, and he helps them get out of sticky situations. So that's kind of all I got going on. I wanted to say before I forgot that the director for um, the murder mystery movie with Adam Sandler was a graduate of the Los Angeles Film School, which is also one of my alma maters. So I went there and did my movie with Jeremy Renner through the school and stuff like that. So forgot about mentioning that when we were talking about the movie. But <laughs> just wanted to give a shout-out to the LA Film School. Right on. Love it. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you had a great week, and we'll see you guys soon. Yeah.